if there's anything you might have gotten from the podcast listening, I know I have a lot of you guys. Shout out to everyone who's been letting me know your longtime listeners. Really, really appreciate you. Some my sister yesterday was just like, I'm up to like 120 episodes. Like, yeah, we have 300, so y'all get listening, right? We have a lot out there, but no, seriously, we are hoping that you get that. Knowing your why is what will help drive you. A lot of us struggle with motivation, laziness, just tired overwhelmed, have good reason to be, but that's not going to help us get through those long days of fasting. Now, here's the thing. What will help us get through those days is understanding the benefits. And so in this podcast, we're going to go straight up into it. The mental, the physical, the spiritual. So every day when it feels too hard, we got you covered. You're going to remember some of these and go, yep, that's why I'm doing it. It's, it's that important. And matter of fact, it's better for me than me not fasting. And so on the days you kind of feel like not your best, like maybe I should break my fast. Oh, yes, I said it. People actually have those thoughts. So let's recognize that and instead help them to remedy it with this podcast on the three areas of benefits of fasting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described and prescribed because he knows it's good for us. We need to know it too. Let's get into it. Hello, Sama alaikum. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Mindful Muslima. I am a mom of five, big sister to the community, licensed educator of 20 plus years coming at you twice a week. Get ready because I think starting the next set, it's three times a week. Oh, yes. Extra work for me. Not just joking. It's, it means connecting with you more often. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, inshallah, inshallah, I'll be coming to you with podcasts. Now, just throwing it out there. I've been really, really digging some books that I've been reading and some things I'm thinking about and doing a series. So it's not official yet, but we might do a series on transforming yourself into an amazing woman. We have some, some books that I want to reference for that. And maybe also something to do with like the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, or the last 10 nights. I'm going to do some type of a mini series possibly too during this Ramadan based on things I think you're going to love and just going to like motivate you, inspire you, touch your heart. So look forward to those. But in the meantime, I will tell you there's some quick housekeeping announcements. One, the five-day challenge is ending. You could still get in there, get access to the replays and everything we did with all the amazing women, Umrian, Ariba Farheen, um, Norbert Khani. We had Sami from My Little Alam. We have so many um, women in there that were awesome. And we talked a lot about crushing bad habits and kind of giving away the secrets to how I build my Ramadan plan, but like step-by-step, step, like I did it like a workshop where I do it with you and I help you build your own. So that stuff is still there. Um, maybe just 24 hours more and then we're going to close it out. And then, so you can get in there, the link's below. And then the other thing is Thrive Muslim, our full Ramadan program. Like, oh my goodness, like so many things in there, you don't want to be alone. And what I try to tell women is it's community that keeps you afloat when things get rough in Ramadan. It's community that like keeps you you know, just, I hate to say it, the tears flowing, you know, the emotional, spiritual feeling that you're looking for, that happens in community. That's why the Prophet, peace be upon him, he he mentioned in so many different ways and different things in our sirah how important community is. And so in Ramadan, it's definitely a community affair, but so many of our women are isolated and we get that. So we have an entire program there, ladies, full on, like 35 plus lives, get on in there, that's closing too. Maybe I'm going to close it out. Maybe 24 to 40 hours. I'm going to see what's going on with that. But it's it's literally starting tomorrow, the entire program. 
So I know you might have waited, but I don't know if you want to wait anymore. Last one is my mentorship program where I am working with you one-on-one. And here's the thing. There's things about yourself you wanted to change for a long time, and you just haven't been able to. But the thing that I'm kind of, I specialize in is getting to the core of that and helping you find out how you can overcome it. So what I do in these sessions, I have five live sessions. I come in like step-by-step, we pull you through and we explain to you exactly how to rearrange your your life situation or your schedule or your um, your goals and why you haven't reached them before. We go really, really deep. And so if that is something you have been putting in your mind, like, I want to do that, but like stop with the but. Let me tell you why. Because your body wants you to stay comfortable. I've taught you guys that in the podcast. Discomfort is where change happens, not in comfort, number one. Number two, the shaitan's going to waspas you because he doesn't want you to change this Ramadan Put yourself first. Everything else can wait. Allah's calling us to change. And if you feel that's something you need support in, I'm there for you in the mentorship, Ramadan Recharge Mentorship. Below, it's starting in about 48 hours. The actual full-on program, I want to make sure you get in there, you get your stuff, you get your books and everything, and you're ready to go with me and the other, myself and the other sisters. It's going to be good. We're going to make you a personalized plan. It's a very interactive workshop live. So, can't wait. It's in there. All right. Let's get into the podcast. Going to talk about the benefits of fasting because it's really important that you understand how to get the most out of your fasting when things are difficult, when things are rough, how to get it going. Let's get into it. Okay. So let's get into the physical benefits of fasting. You know, by the way, our bodies are in a manna. It's a trust. So when you don't really want to go to the gym, we're really saying to Allah is, ah, this body, like whatever, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. When we look at our body as a gift, and I've done this before on Instagram, I've showed you like pictures of, you know, gym equipment whenever when I'm working out and I'm just like, I renew my intentions. My body is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My health is not promised to me. I have to maintain it like anything else that's a gift. Like my children are a gift, right? I have to deal with them in a precious way. Even though some days it's hard with the kids. Like it's the same thing with everything we have. And when we do our minimalism things, like with mindfulness, and we try to get you to like clean out your closet, whatever. If you start looking at every item in your house as something you're going to be accountable for in Yaman Qayyama, it helps you to kind of appreciate, hmm, am I really using that? Do I really need it? Now, obviously with your body, it's not the same thing. We're not going to throw any body parts out, right? But we do have to understand it's an amana, it's a trust. And so fasting helps us take care of that amana. It helps us, right? And there's all these side benefits. Let's just look at some things that fasting do for your body. It's amazing. It protects you from obesity and chronic illness, inflammation. Fasting is known for that. And it boosts your performance and your neurodegenerative disorders of any kind, your blood sugar levels, your heart health delays aging, promotes long life. I mean, the the benefits are endless on the physical side. So people who who love to love their health really should love fasting. And I know it's hard, but guys, the best things always are, right? And what are some of the mental benefits of fasting? So one of the ways fasting helps us mentally is also by improving our relationship with food. I'll get to that more in a second. But what it also does is it builds up some grit, okay? There's going to be times in your life where you not you cannot control your situations. It might be in a marriage. It might be with your children. It might be with your in-laws. It might be with your job. Here's the thing. The average person, we lose patience. We just get all or upset, or worried, or anxious, or angry. And what fasting does is it helps us to control all those negative thoughts. 
because we, at the end of the day, just like unfortunately if somebody passed away, right, you can't bring them back. With fasting, we can't eat. Like no matter what we want to tell ourselves, there's this thing that we have to follow, that we have to understand, that we have to accept. So what it also does is it kind of builds up some grit. If you're thinking you wake up in the morning, I'm not going to make it through the day. This is too rough of a day. I didn't have my coffee. What a mess. I have a migraine. Maybe I don't need to fast. Like, but you push through that and you win. And at the end, you've fasted the full day, which obviously we should. But like, let's just be real. That's a struggle for many. And so you're going to be like, what? I didn't even think I could do that. And then I did. Bet you I could do that tomorrow. And it gives you that, that motivation, number one, when you actually do it. And then two, it, it proves to yourself that you can do things beyond what you believed possible. So the mental you know, benefits are that it's, it's making you stronger to handle anything that comes your way because it forces you to find ways to, to create solutions for yourself as opposed to giving in to what you obviously want to give in to, which, like I said, in a relationship could be anger, could be anxiety, could be like whatever it is. It forces you to go and be more mindful right? The muraqaba. So that's the beauty. And then also, side note, improves our relationship with food. You know, uh, like food is one of the most incredible blessings Allah can give us. But unfortunately, not all of us have the healthiest relationship. So people who love to lose weight and stuff like that, it's also huge for us because it forces us to kind of reconcile our relationship with food. And, you know, it's wonderful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for us. And we know that from the Quran in uh, Surah 6, 141, he causes the gardens to grow, the trellises, the untrellised, and the palm trees and the crops of different kinds. And subhanAllah, every one of those is a blessing. And he doesn't like, like the one who commits excess, it goes on to say. And so we want to make sure that we're not overindulging, we're not binging, all that stuff. And, you know, in this day and age, it's really hard. You know, do we live to eat or do we eat to live? It's just this this constant fight. So it will allow you to stop structuring your days around mealtime. I mean, like, let's be real. That's a real thing for many of us. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, when am I going to have those? Um, I remember when I used to work um, outside, like, lunchtime was me time. Yes, I love salah. But, like, this this part of me when I was younger it was just, like, break time or, like, dinner time is, like, eat dinner, then chill. Like, we look at our life and we revolve around when we eat. But the thing is, when we take the eating away, it forces us to revolve our life around other things. Yes, we would love to believe that everyone's a perfect Muslim and they're revolving their life around Salah. But many of us know that is getting put to the side more often than not, more than it should shamefully so. So this allows us to recalibrate and bring it back to the center. So it, part of your Ramadan plan, I'm hoping for you, is to put those things in as pillars and put everything around it. The other thing is it makes us just stop indulging in food. Now, don't get me wrong. We all know everybody's going to have that like Ramadan, like break my fast and then like eat the the fudgy whatever I was dreaming about all day or the iced coffee or the, like whatever. But I hope you put in your mind, and this is one thing I've done over the years, is not to crave and binge when you get, get there because it almost defeats the purpose. Like the whole point all day was us um, like refining our ability to control ourselves, right? Then we get to the end of the night and it's madness, right? Like so let's keep, try to keep consistent. Let's put this thing in our mind like I'm not going to go all in. I'm going to eat slower. That's also healthier, by the way, for digestion. But you're going to eat slower, more mindfully, chew each bite, feel it appreciate it, make a with it. You know, like I'm telling you, when you've slowed down, 
it makes you not so crazy. Plus, I really encourage you if you're able to do some type of charity work. Believe me, if you go out in, in Ramallah and you do charity work for like the homeless or the people who are struggling with food, you know, food scarcity, and then you go and eat, you feel shameful in Ramadan for that indulging. It just puts you in your place. It puts me in my place. So if you're able to do that, that's another tip because it really does help. And it also, um, fasting also teaches us to learn to listen to our bodies, right? Sometimes we're eating more than we need to. And at the end of a fasting day, despite being starving, we're only able to eat a little bit of food because our stomach is shrinking, hopefully, right? If you're doing it right and if I'm doing it right. And now we're actually satisfied with less. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he always encourages us to have like a third of food, a third of water, a third of air. And so we want to make sure that we're not overindulging because that's also anti-Islamic practice, right? If we're trying to be good Muslims all day and then we kind of like crush it at the end. So that's the thing, guys, like this, this control. If you hear me, that's what I'm really talking about, this self-control. And that's what fasting does, right? And a human being fills no worse vessel than his stomach. It is sufficient for a human being to eat a few mouthfuls to keep his spine straight. But if he must fill it, one third of food, one third of drink, one third for air, Ibn Majah. So remind ourselves also that food is a necessity. It's a matter of survival instead of only pleasure. Like we get so hyped, you know, like advertisements, you know, all these crazy like double cheese, blah, blah, blah. Like it becomes something that's like, craving, satiating. It's meant to be for survival. It's not meant to be an indulgent experience. Do I think you should still enjoy your whatever when you eat at the end of the night? Of course. But try to put the focus more on gratitude and less on like like self-gratification. I don't know. Like I don't want you to focus on me and my amazing, you know, feelings right now as I'm eating. I want you to focus on subhanallah, alhamdulillah. There's people around the world who want to break their fast after fasting all day, who can't even do it because they don't even have food. I know you guys might have heard before, kills me every time. I know there was one particular sheikh, or there's always a couple sheikh who, <sighs> subhanAllah, they have people call in on those like hotlines and they ask the sheikh for his opinion or fatwa on, subhanAllah, ya sheikh, if I want to break my fast, but I'm unable because I'm poor and I don't have any food to break my fast, will Allah be angry with me? Do you see how they're thinking? This is real questions I've heard online. And you know what the sheikh does when he hears this question? He usually just breaks down and cries. Because, I mean, that's amazing that that person is focused on that. SubhanAllah. And we who are overindulging, are not even thinking about if Allah is pleased with us as we break our fast. SubhanAllah. May Allah make us of those who are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and protect us from ourselves. And lastly, you know, because we're forced by this way to not eat, it makes us think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every time we eat. Now, let's just go into the spiritual benefits as we end. It obviously increases our taqwa. All you who believe fasting is prescribed to you as it was prescribed to those who came before you, so you may attain taqwa. Allah is saying do this, attain taqwa. Now, what is the purpose of Ramadan? To attain taqwa. So clearly, if we do it and we do it right, and Allah is the best keeper of promises, this is all in the Quran, two, um, ayah 283, then, then we're going to achieve it. But what? But how come so many Muslims at the end of Ramadan, they don't achieve it? Isn't that interesting? They actually don't. 
Now, a lot of you guys hear me talk about it, and I know I mentioned this in the beginning, that it's the end of whatever, like the signups for certain things that I have going out there. When I put things out there for women, like mentorships and stuff, it's really because we all know. We're all shooting for these goals, but do we really reach them? I could tell you, like if I talk to 10 women, like maybe two out of 10 might say they actually reached 75% of their goals. The majority of us just don't. If you watch all these motivational YouTube videos, like even by non-Muslims, you'll see that, I don't know, these motivational coaches or speakers, I've seen them here and there. Like they'll say like 2% of people actually achieve what they're going for and like whatever, 98% don't. It's because the average person falls off. And that's why when I, when I created the mentorship program for the women, it was to really focus around getting real, creating the space and, and where you can focus on what hasn't worked before, why it hasn't worked before, and what you can do instead to make it better in an extremely realistic way. And guess what? Once you even have that plan, that is not where you stop because usually people fall off somewhere and it's all about following up following up, accountability, pushing, motivation. A lot of people don't have that motivation all through Ramadan. That's why I made it so I could sit with you with all the other sisters and you're not alone. And, and you can know you're going to come and talk to people and talk about those things. So you're most likely going to push a little harder. Everybody needs that, right? And so same thing here, right? We want to achieve this, but but are we putting things in, 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 in our place to do it? And also, you know, spiritually, the fasting protects us from the fire. A worship worshiper does not fast a day for the sake of Allah, except that the fasting distances them from the hellfire, from his face by 70 autumn. So like we have to understand, that what we're doing is for our benefit on all these levels that I'm mentioning. SubhanAllah, a single day of fasting moves us away from the hellfire. So when I choose to break my fast, guess where I'm moving towards instead? You get me? Not good, right? And it leads us to Jannah. Indeed, there's a gate of paradise called Aryan, through which only those who fast will enter on the day of judgment. No one else can enter it along with them. It will be said, where are those who fasted? So they may enter. Allah sets us up, guys, with so much success. It carries unimaginable reward. Allah, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, every action of the son of Adam is given manifold reward, each good deed receiving 10 times it takes up to 700 times. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, except for fasting, for it's for me, and I'll give recompense. And he leaves it off for those who leave off their desire for food for me. So you know what that means? Allah gives the best of rewards. If he has a secret reward for us, and he is the most just, you know, it will be amazing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow all of us to live to see Ramadan, to gain its benefits, for our fasting to be accepted. Let's not assume that's going to be just handed to us. And we know fasting is not just of the stomach, guys. This is my bonus tip. Fasting of the tongue. Please. And you know, most of us as women, we talk a lot. We need to talk less. We need to choose our words better, and we need to make sure they're softer and kinder. Some women, they're not big on speaking up. I encourage you to speak stronger. For the women who speak too much and too sharp, and we know who we are, it is maybe time to talk less and think more, reflect more, pause before responding to family members. This is that month. This is that chance for you to fix these things, maybe if you haven't fixed them before. 
all right? I love you guys for the sake of Allah. I look forward to being with you and all the amazing things we have. I hope you're in Thrive Muslim so I could be with you and we could be the whole community and spend every single day together. There is something beautiful every day with the women. Don't forget, you can join. The links are below. And with the mentorship, if you want to be with me and have me literally help you make a personal plan for you, we're going to go to every woman individually and do that in these sessions, we'll have those opportunities for conversations and reflections. Then you go right ahead and you be with me in the Ramadan Recharge Mentorship. The link is below. Looking forward to being with you guys. The next time we're together, I think it might be in Ramadan. So let's wait and see what happens. May we all live to see Ramadan. I will see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum